Chapter Five of Religio Medici and Hydriotaphia. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee. Religio Medici, Part One, Sections Forty through Forty Nine. Section Forty. I am naturally bashful nor hath conversation age or travel been able to affront or enharden me yet i have one part of modesty which i have seldom discovered in another that is to speak truly i am not so much afraid of death as ashamed thereof tis the very disgrace and ignominy of our natures that in a moment can so disfigure us that our nearest friends wife and children stand afraid and start at us the birds and beasts of the field that before in a natural fear obeyed us forgetting all allegiance begin to prey upon us this very conceit hath in a tempest disposed and left me willing to be swallowed up in the abyss of waters wherein i had perished unseen unpitied without wandering eyes tears of pity lectures of mortality and none had said contumutatus abilo not that i am ashamed of the anatomy of my parts or can accuse nature of playing the bungler in any part of me or my own vicious life for contracting any shameful disease upon me whereby i might not call myself as wholesome a morsel for the worms as any section forty one some upon the courage of a fruitful issue wherein as in the truest chronicle they seem to outlive themselves can with greater patience away with death this conceit and counterfeit subsisting in our progenies seems to be a mere fallacy unworthy the desire of a man that can but conceive a thought of the next world who in a nobler ambition should desire to live in his substance in heaven rather than his name and shadow in the earth and therefore at my death i mean to take a total idea of the world not caring for a monument history or epitaph not so much as the bare memory of my name to be found anywhere but in the universal register of god i am not yet so cynical as to approve the testament of diogenes who willed his friend not to bury him but to hang him nor do i altogether allow that rodomontado of lucan pharsalia seven eight hundred and nineteen celo tagito qui non habet urnam he that unburied lies wants not his hearse for unto him a tombs the universe but commend in my calmer judgment those ingenuous intentions that desire to sleep by the urns of their fathers and strive to go the neatest way unto corruption i do not envy the temper of crows and doors nor the numerous and weary days of our fathers before the flood if there be any truth in astrology i may outlive a jubilee as yet i have not seen one revolution of saturn nor hath my pulse beat thirty years and yet excepting one have seen the ashes of and left underground all the kings of europe have been contemporary to three emperors four grand seigneurs and as many popes methinks i have outlived myself and begin to be weary of the sun i have shaken hands with delight in my warm blood and canicular days i perceive i do anticipate the vices of age the world to me 
is but a dream or mock show and we all therein but pantaloons and antics to my severer contemplations section forty two it is not i confess an unlawful prayer to desire to surpass the days of our saviour or wish to outlive that age wherein he thought fittest to die yet if as divinity affirms there shall be no grey hairs in heaven but all shall rise in the perfect state of men we do but outlive those perfections in this world to be recalled unto them by a greater miracle in the next and run on here but to be retrograde hereafter were there any hopes to outlive vice or a point to be superannuated from sin it were worthy our knees to implore the days of methuselah but age doth not rectify but incurvate our natures turning bad dispositions into worser habits and like diseases brings on incurable vices for every day as we grow weaker in age we grow stronger in sin and the number of our days doth but make our sins innumerable the same vice committed at sixteen is not the same though it agrees in all other circumstances as at forty but swells and doubles from the circumstance of our ages wherein besides the constant and inexcusable habit of transgressing the maturity of our judgment cuts off pretence unto excuse or pardon every sin the oftener it is committed the more it acquireth in the quality of evil as it succeeds in time so it proceeds in degrees of badness for as they proceed they ever multiply and like figures in arithmetic the last stands for more than all that went before it and though i think no man can live well once but he that could live twice yet for my own part i would not live over my hours past or begin again the thread of my days not upon cicero's ground because i have lived them well but for fear i should live them worse i find my growing judgment daily instruct me how to be better but my untamed affections and confirmed vitiosity make me daily do worse i find in my confirmed age the same sins i discovered in my youth i committed many then because i was a child and because i commit them still i am yet an infant therefore i perceive a man may be twice a child before the days of dotage and stand in need of aeson's bath before threescore section forty three and truly there goes a deal of providence to produce a man's life unto threescore there is more required than an able temper for those years though the radical humour contain in it sufficient oil for seventy yet i perceive in some it gives no light past thirty men assign not all the causes of long life that write whole books thereof they that found themselves on the radical balsam or vital sulphur of the parts determine not why abel lived not so long as adam there is therefore a secret gloom or bottom of our days twas his wisdom to determine them but his perpetual and waking providence that fulfils and accomplisheth them wherein the spirits ourselves and all the creatures of god in a secret and disputed way do execute his will 
let them not therefore complain of immaturity that die about thirty they fall but like the whole world whose solid and well-composed substance must not expect the duration and period of its constitution when all things are completed in it its age is accomplished and the last and general fever may as naturally destroy it before six thousand as me before forty there is therefore some other hand that twines the thread of life than that of nature we are not only ignorant in antipathies and occult qualities our ends are as obscure as our beginnings the line of our days is drawn by night and the various effects therein by a pencil that is invisible wherein though we confess our ignorance i am sure we do not err if we say it is the hand of god section forty four i am much taken with two verses of lucan since i have been able not only as we do at school to construe but understand victurosque dei celant ut vivere durent felix esse mori pharsalia four five one nine we're all deluded vainly searching ways to make us happy by the length of days for cunningly to makes protract this breath the gods conceal the happiness of death there be many excellent strains in that poet wherewith his stoical genius hath liberally supplied him and truly there are singular pieces in the philosophy of zeno and doctrine of the stoics which i perceive delivered in a pulpit pass for current divinity yet herein are they in extremes that can allow a man to be his own assassin and so highly extol the end and suicide of cato this is indeed not to fear death but yet to be afraid of life it is a brave act of valour to contemn death but where life is more terrible than death it is then the truest valour to dare to live and herein religion hath taught us a noble example for all the valiant acts of curtius scaevola or codrus do not parallel or match that one of job and sure there is no torture to the rack of a disease nor any poniards in death itself like those in the way or prologue unto it imori nolo sed me esse mortuum nihil curo i would not die but care not to be dead were i of caesar's religion i should be of his desires and wish rather to go off at one blow than to be sawed in pieces by the grating torture of a disease men that look no further than their outsides think health an appurtenance unto life and quarrel with their constitutions for being sick but i that have examined the parts of man and know upon what tender filaments that fabric hangs do wonder that we are not always so and considering the thousand doors that lead to death do thank my god that we can die but once tis not only the mischief of diseases and the villainy of poisons that make an end of us we vainly accuse the fury of guns and the new inventions of death it is in the power of every hand to destroy us and we are beholden unto every one we meet he doth not kill us there is therefore but one comfort left that though it be in the power of the weakest arm to take away life it is not in the strongest to deprive us of death god would not exempt himself from that the misery of immortality in the flesh he undertook not that was immortal 
certainly there is no happiness within this circle of flesh nor is it in the optics of these eyes to behold felicity the first day of our jubilee is death the devil hath therefore failed of his desires we are happier with death than we should have been without it there is no misery but in himself where there is no end of misery and so indeed in his own sense the stoic is in the right he forgets that he can die who complains of misery we are in the power of no calamity while death is in our own section forty five now besides this literal and positive kind of death there are others whereof divines make mention and those i think not merely metaphorical as mortification dying unto sin and the world therefore i say every man hath a double horoscope one of his humanity his birth another of his christianity his baptism and from this do i compute or calculate my nativity not reckoning those hori combusti and odd days or esteeming myself anything before i was my saviour's and enrolled in the register of christ whosoever enjoys not this life i count him but an apparition though he wear about him the sensible affections of flesh in these moral exceptions the way to be immortal is to die daily nor can i think i have the true theory of death when i contemplate a skull or behold a skeleton with those vulgar imaginations it casts upon us i have therefore enlarged that common memento mori into a more christian memorandum memento quatior novissima those four inevitable points of us all death judgment heaven and hell neither did the contemplations of the heathens rest in their graves without a further thought of radamanth or some judicial proceeding after death though in another way and upon suggestion of their natural reasons i cannot but marvel from what sibyl or oracle they stole the prophecy of the world's destruction by fire or whence lucan learned to say communis mundo superes rogus osibus astra misturus pharsalia seven eight one four there yet remains to the world one common fire wherein our bones with stars shall make one pyre i believe the world grows near its end yet is neither old nor decayed nor will ever perish upon the ruins of its own principles as the work of creation was above nature so its adversary annihilation without which the world hath not its end but its mutation now what force should be able to consume it thus far without the breath of god which is the truest consuming flame my philosophy cannot inform me some believe there went not a minute to the world's creation nor shall there go to its destruction those six days so punctually described make not to them one moment but rather seem to manifest the method and idea of that great work of the intellect of god than the manner how he proceeded in its operation i cannot dream that there should be at the last day any such judicial proceeding or calling to the bar as indeed the scripture seems to imply and the literal commentators do conceive for unspeakable mysteries in the scriptures are often delivered in a vulgar and illustrative way and being written unto man are delivered not as they truly are but as they may be understood wherein notwithstanding the different interpretations according to different capacities 
may stand firm with our devotion, nor be any way prejudicial to each single edification. Section 46 Now, to determine the day and year of this inevitable time is not only convincible and statute madness, but also manifest impiety. How shall we interpret Elias's six thousand years, or imagine the secret communicated to a rabbi which God hath denied unto his angels? It had been an excellent quire to have posed the devil of Delphos, and must needs have forced him to some strange amphibology. It hath not only mocked the predictions of sundry astrologers in ages past, but the prophecies of many melancholy heads in these present, who, neither understanding reasonably things past nor present, pretend a knowledge of things to come, heads ordained only to manifest the incredible effects of melancholy, and to fulfil old prophecies. In those days there shall come liars and false prophets, rather than be the authors of new. In those days there shall come wars and rumours of wars, to me seems no prophecy, but a constant truth in all times verified since it was pronounced. There shall be signs in the moon and stars. How comes he then like a thief in the night, when he gives an item of his coming? That common sign, drawn from the revelation of Antichrist, is as obscure as any. In our common compute he hath been come these many years, but for my own part to speak freely. I am half of opinion that Antichrist is the philosopher's stone in divinity, for the discovery and invention whereof, though there be prescribed rules and probable inductions, yet hath hardly any man attained the perfect discovery thereof. That general opinion, that the world grows near its end, hath possessed all ages past as nearly as ours. I am afraid that the souls that now depart cannot escape that lingering expostulation of the saints under the altar, quosque domine, how long, O Lord, and groan in the expectation of the great jubilee. Section 47 This is the day that must make good that great attribute of God, his justice, that must reconcile those unanswerable doubts that torment the wisest understandings, and reduce those seeming inequalities and respective distributions in this world to an equality and recompensive justice in the next. This is that one day, that shall include and comprehend all that went before it, wherein, as in the last scene, all the actors must enter, to complete and make up the catastrophe of this great peace. This is the day whose memory hath only power to make us honest in the dark, and to be virtuous without a witness. Ipsa sui pretium virtus sibi, that virtue is her own reward, is but a cold principle, and not able to maintain our variable resolutions in a constant and settled way of goodness. I have practised that honest artifice of Seneca, and in my retired and solitary imaginations, to detain me from the foulness of vice, have fancied to myself the presence of my dear and worthiest friends, before whom I should lose my head rather than be vicious. Yet herein I found that there was naught but moral honesty, and this was not to be virtuous for his sake who must reward us at the last. I have tried if I could reach that great resolution of his, to be honest without a thought of heaven or hell, and indeed I found upon a natural inclination, and inbred loyalty unto virtue, that I could serve her without a livery, yet not in that resolved and venerable way, but that the frailty of my nature, upon an easy temptation, 
might be induced to forget her the life therefore and spirit of all our actions is the resurrection and a stable apprehension that our ashes shall enjoy the fruit of our pious endeavours without this all religion is a fallacy and those impieties of lucian euripides and julian are no blasphemies but subtle verities and atheists have been the only philosophers section forty eight how shall the dead arise is no question of my faith to believe only possibilities is not faith but mere philosophy many things are true in divinity which are neither inducible by reason nor confirmable by sense and many things in philosophy confirmable by sense yet not inducible by reason thus it is impossible by any solid or demonstrative reasons to persuade a man to believe the conversion of the needle to the north though this be possible and true and easily credible upon a single experiment unto the sense i believe that our estranged and divided ashes shall unite again that our separated dust after so many pilgrimages and transformations into the parts of minerals plants animals elements shall at the voice of god return into their primitive shapes and join again to make up their primary and predestinate forms as at the creation there was a separation of that confused mass into its pieces so at the destruction thereof there shall be a separation into its distinct individuals as at the creation of the world all the distinct species that we behold lay involved in one mass till the fruitful voice of god separated this united multitude into its several species so at the last day when those corrupted relics shall be scattered in the wilderness of forms and seem to have forgot their proper habits god by a powerful voice shall command them back into their proper shapes and call them out by their single individuals then shall appear the fertility of adam and the magic of that sperm that hath dilated into so many millions i have often beheld as a miracle that artificial resurrection and revivification of mercury how being mortified into a thousand shapes it assumes again its own and returns into its numerical self let us speak naturally and like philosophers the forms of alterable bodies in these sensible corruptions perish not nor as we imagine wholly quit their mansions but retire and contract themselves into their secret and unaccessible parts where they may best protect themselves from the action of their antagonist a plant or vegetable consumed to ashes to a contemplative and school philosopher seems utterly destroyed and the form to have taken his leave for ever but to a sensible artist the forms are not perished but withdrawn into their incombustible part where they lie secure from the action of that devouring element this is made good by experience which can from the ashes of a plant revive the plant and from its cinders recall it into its stalk and leaves again what the art of man can do in these inferior pieces what blasphemy is it to affirm the finger of god cannot do in those more perfect and sensible structures this is that mystical philosophy from whence no true scholar becomes an atheist but from the visible effects of nature grows up a real divine and beholds not in a dream as ezekiel but in an ocular and visible object the types of his resurrection section forty nine now the necessary mansions of our restored selves are those two contrary and incompatible places we call heaven and hell 
to define them or strictly to determine what and where these are surpasseth my divinity that elegant apostle which seemed to have a glimpse of heaven hath left but a negative description thereof which neither eye hath seen nor ear hath heard nor can enter into the heart of man he was translated out of himself to behold it but being returned into himself could not express it st john's description by emeralds chrysolites and precious stones is too weak to express the material heaven we behold briefly therefore where the soul hath the full measure and complement of happiness where the boundless appetite of that spirit remains completely satisfied that it can neither desire addition nor alteration that i think is truly heaven and this can only be in the enjoyment of that essence whose infinite goodness is able to terminate the desires of itself and the unsatiable wishes of ours wherever god will thus manifest himself there is heaven though within the circle of this sensible world thus the soul of man may be in heaven anywhere even within the limits of his own proper body and when it ceaseth to live in the body it may remain in its own soul that is its creator and thus we may say that st paul whether in the body or out of the body was yet in heaven to place it in the imperial or beyond the tenth sphere is to forget the world's destruction for when this sensible world shall be destroyed all shall then be here as it is now there an imperial heaven a quasi vacuity when to ask where heaven is is to demand where the presence of god is or where we have the glory of that happy vision moses that was bred up in all the learning of the egyptians committed a gross absurdity in philosophy when with these eyes of flesh he desired to see god and petitioned his maker that is truth itself to a contradiction those that imagine heaven and hell neighbours and conceive a vicinity between those two extremes upon consequence of the parable where dives discoursed with lazarus in abraham's bosom do too grossly conceive of those glorified creatures whose eyes shall easily outsee the sun and behold without perspective the extremest distances for if there shall be in our glorified eyes the faculty of sight and reception of objects i could think the visible species there to be in as unlimitable a way as now the intellectual i grant that two bodies placed beyond the tenth sphere or in a vacuity according to aristotle's philosophy could not behold each other because there wants a body or medium to hand and transport the visible rays of the object unto the sense but when there shall be a general defect of either medium to convey or light to prepare and dispose that medium and yet a perfect vision we must suspend the rules of our philosophy and make all good by a more absolute piece of optics End of chapter 5